This is Hope and Health with Doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood. Insights and interviews with a dose of straight talk to help you enjoy optimal health in all areas of life. Welcome to Hope and Health. I'm Dr. Mark Sherwood, and today we're continuing our series on hormones. If you missed earlier episodes of this important series, I highly recommend them. Today's episode is brought to you by our online course, Hormones. Understand and balance your hormones naturally. Just go to Sherwood.tv forward slash hormones to learn more and enroll. This 17-session course is only $19.99 and includes $30 in bonuses, including a discount on hormone-related treatment at our clinic, where we serve patients from around the world. And do you like this, the flag? Yes, the flag is very important to us. We will always stand for the flag. The home of the brave. So we thought we'd spice it up just a little bit here for you. Um, usually you see our kitchen, so we thought we'd give you the flag for a little bit of a change. So we'll stay with this for a while. You like it? I like it. Little, uh, may we not forget. Yeah, we need to be patriots, you guys. This is, um, you know, nearly 20 years ago, you know, last week, we suffered one of the greatest attacks on American soil in history of the world. And, um, boy, do we... Uh, tend to forget over time, but we should never forget. So let us all remember when we see this flag behind us, what it means, what it stands for, and the honor that is with it and what it is in regard to what it means in our hearts. So with that said, we know, again, we kick off tonight with what we're going to talk about. We're going to continue part two of the thyroid discussion because that was a big one. We didn't finish it last week, as you know, and a lot more about the thyroid hormone. Then we're going to have a very unique perspective, of course, as you always know. And then we'll have our little bit of a a powerful, uh, spiritual, spirit-filled Bible study at the end. And we have a brand new uh, supplement we're going to talk about to help us with sleep. So we're going to talk about that tonight, introduce that, and we're really excited about that. So you'll be the first to know. So we haven't talked about to anyone yet, and you guys hear about it tonight for the very, very first time. You get an opportunity to improve your sleep, and so we're super pumped about that. Um, with that said, obviously, we know that Satan wants to attack us from our health. If he can get us sort of talking about health and disease and dying and all that, he wins. Boy, we're talking oh boy. a lot about you know, that today, aren't we? Talk about, you know, mm. the, the root of chronic disease. Yeah, we really need to think about this a little bit. We're spending too much time talking about illness and not enough time talking about healing. Too much time talking about people dying and not enough time talking about people living. And there's an interesting parallel there that we're talking Mm -hmm. about. So really think through this with us. But we always want to make sure that we hammer this point home. Hammer, hammer, hammer until we get it. Go through quickly, my queen, the seven parts or seven pillars of wellness? Well, we, you know, we talk about nutrition being first. And, you know, I know that a lot of us have grown up with nutrition being um, a symbol of love and how we show affection. Mm. But if we're not careful, that show of affection is actually hurting our loved ones. Yeah. It's causing diabetes. It's causing inflammation. And it's the precursor to all chronic sickness and disease. So we mm. really have to get nutrition right. In our clinic, why have we treated so many patients and we have not lost patients to this crazy thing they call COVID? Mm. It's because the foundational 
components of wellness are in place. And that most important decision begins at the end of your fork with something that we call fork curls. Hmm. And again, you do those fork (laughs) curls uh, three times a day, sometimes three times a day and two snacks, 365 days of the year. And a lot of times we're even preoccupied thinking about what am I going to eat for lunch? What am I going to eat for dinner? Or when's my next snack? And we should be more um, concerned about what we're filling our mind with, what we're filling our heart with. How are we, how are we treating our mankind? How are we doing to take care of our health? And what are we doing as far as putting the components of wellness in place in our own personal lives? So after nutrition, we always talk about sleep. We need to get seven to eight hours of sleep. And right now the average American gets about five. Mm. Five hours, that is insignificant. That drives cortisol up. It can drive weight gain up. It can drive fatigue up, and it drives recovery down. Your immune system suffers as well. So we're going to talk about how to fix that later on tonight. Next is stress management. One of the number one reasons that drives people to their doctor. And right now, we're seeing a lot of people stressed out because of the current climate you know it's causing division in families it's causing division in schools it's causing division in our communities our nation this thing called covid stress drives us to do unnatural not healthy behaviors such as drinking drugging smoking and then of course overeating or emotional eating behaviors. So we've got to get stress under control and really learn how to manage stress and change our perspective of the stressors. That's so true. And then we look at movement that would be synonymous with maybe exercise, but we use the word movement because we want you to kind of find something you'd like to do and do it more. That can be walking, biking, swimming, um, hiking, whatever you choose to do. But or going to the gym, lifting weights, whatever, but make sure that you do that more. We want about 150 minutes a week minimum. Make time to do that. That's super important. We'll circle back to that area many, many times over the next coming months and years, of course. And then the next one is hormones. Mm -hmm. Hormones is where we are at in the process of talking about the seven pillars of health. And again, we're going to talk about the second component of thyroid tonight. Hormones are essential for brain health, bone health, heart health, vascular health, which is a component of heart health, and body composition, lean muscle mass, the burning of body fat, and the list of hormone benefits goes on. And of course, we talked a little bit about a few weeks ago about genetics, how important they are. And then we finally finish up with this thing called peptides. Um, Peptides are something we're going to spend multiple weeks talking about uh, down the line. You guys will be amazed and blown away by the things that can be accomplished with peptides. And Amazing. Two overarching themes of the seven pillars that we definitely do do not want to miss. That would be the ability to stay emotionally and spiritually well. The majority of physical manifestations of disease are indeed rooted in spiritual and or emotional brokenness. And so think about carefully what we just said. We need to be emotionally and spiritually well to become physically well. And to become physically well, we need to have spiritual and emotional wellness. So you can see it in both ways. It works together. So now we'll begin with our brief 
uh, hormone overview again, just to kind of get us back to where we are. Uh, first, let us understand that hormones are chemical messengers that are created in the endocrine glands. So think about the endocrine glands being creators of emails. And so hormones being emails in the system are travel through the bloodstream, typically, and they carry signals or um, information for a cell to receive and do. So think of them as emails carrying messages to get something done. Uh, When you lose email communication in a business, probably not a good thing. So we have spent time talking about numerous hormones up to this point. Kind of catch us up where we are on our cascade. Well, you know, we've talked about cortisol, the stress hormone. We've talked about insulin, which is the mm-hmm. blood sugar hormone. It's very important to manage that hormone insulin because if you're producing too much mm-hmm. insulin, insulin not only is the blood sugar hormone, but it's a fat storing hormone. And if you're making too much insulin, you're going to have a lot of problems getting mm-hmm. rid of that little extra spread around the middle, which some people call muffin tops or dooleys or uh, uh, Dunlop's disease. Is Dunlop, that another one? Dunlop's Dunlop, disease. Dunlop's disease. Yeah. yeah. Then there's that hormone leptin. Leptin is the satiety hormone. Satiety is a fancy word to say satiation after your meals. It's what signals your body mm-hmm. to say you've had enough to eat. Now we are actually talking about the hormone thyroid, which is your body's major metabolic hormone. And it's got so many functions that we talked mm-hmm. about in the last series. We couldn't get it all, so we're going to talk about the rest of it tonight. Yep, we sure are. And we are going to talk eventually about estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, and DHEA as well. But just to kind of catch us up so we can keep the sort of the tide rolling, remember we talked about insulin first. Insulin is a hormone that is elevated when you have blood sugar elevation. It's secreted by an organ called the pancreas, and its main job is to sort of escort these glucose molecules into cells such as liver cells or muscle cells to be stored for energy for later. Uh, So you can see why that's important to understand. If we don't have enough insulin coming in to deal with the blood sugar or insulin signaling Mm. becomes resistant, that can lead to that type 2 diabetes process. And then we talked about this one um, called cortisol. So kind of just kind of move us along the line. Well, the cortisol is the stress hormone. So when your body gets stressed out, Mm -hmm. it produces this hormone called cortisol in response. Now, cortisol, when it's produced, it actually signals Mm -hmm. the body to create blood sugar so that you can run, flee, or fight this bear that's after you. Now, your brain or your body's physiology does not know the difference of whether it's running Mm -hmm. from a lion, a tiger, a bear, or whether it's having a conflict in the office that's stressful. So under stress, your body's producing this hormone cortisol. Cortisol will then produce blood sugar. Blood sugar will then produce insulin, which is the fat storing hormone. Then fat, when your body has a lot of fat on it, it makes a lot of this hormone called leptin. Now, we Mm -hmm. talked about how your body becomes insulin resistant, and that's a precursor to type 2 diabetes. Then your body also becomes leptin resistant, which means it can no longer hear the signal for appetite satiety. So if you're a person that feels like you always have to be in the refrigerator and you have to go back to the refrigerator again and again and over and over, likely you may have too much fat on your frame or you may be suffering from a genetic 
defect called the MC4R, which just doesn't work quite right. It doesn't tell your brain that you're full after you have uh, a volume in your stomach. So obviously leptin has a lot to do with thyroid because leptin tells the body that you have excess energy perhaps on the frame through fat. But if that signaling molecule is not working, your thyroid is going to respond in a negative way and turn down your metabolism instead of turn up your metabolism. Case in point, when we were younger, how many remember that you had a third leg? You could eat stuff and put it in a third leg. <laughs> a hollow uh, leg. Hollow leg, third leg, <laughs> whatever leg, you want to call it. Leg. But it was yeah. one of the things where it seemed like you could eat anything and you would never gain weight. Well, things change as we age because of this accumulation of fat and the slowing down of metabolism. And the thyroid controls metabolism, heart rate, and body temperature. And we talked last week about how that if you had uh, some symptoms like, um, you know, cold fingers, cold extremities, cold toes, that might be a symptom that you would know as hypothyroidism. What are some of the quick symptoms of that? Well, weight gain is a big one. Mm -hmm. Hair loss is another one. Mm -hmm. You start to lose the outer edge of your eyebrows. Yeah, they kind of go this right. way. They go out. This area gets bald here. <laughs> Say that again. This area gets it's bald, bald here. You get little uh, bitty, tiny little lines yeah. here. You Thin see that? The I mean, pay attention. Thinning of the eyebrows. Another one is constipation. The bowels just mm -hmm. don't move. It doesn't matter how much magnesium you take, how much vitamin C you take, how much fiber you take, how much Miralax or other medications or drugs. Your bowels just don't want to move right. It could be related to your thyroid gland. Mm -hmm. Hypothermia or temperature imbalance. You're always cold. Yep. You're you're wearing a sweater in a hundred degree room. It might be your thyroid. Um, dry skin is another one. When the skin is drier, the nails are cracked. You have to think about thyroid might be a root cause. Um, what else about thyroid? Thyroid is is relatable brain to brain fog yep. and brain function. It, it is connected to all the other glands in the body. So if the thyroid doesn't function right, things internally just aren't going to be right. A lot of people ask, and we didn't talk about this last week, well, how do you test thyroid right? So there's a couple of markers that are typically ran through conventional or more common labs. Those would be like uh, TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, or T4, um, that's thyroidoxin, right? So when we look at TSH and T4 only, what are the pitfalls of just looking at those only? Well, for, for example, TSH is the signal from the brain to tell the thyroid to actually make mm -hmm. thyroid hormone. Well, the thyroid says, okay, I'm going to follow your order. So it makes this inactive form called T4. It's um, tyrosine and four iodine molecules mm -hmm. connected to it. And it hangs out and hangs out until your body says, hey, I need some active thyroid. I need some gas. I need some metabolic gas. Please step on the gas pedal. Your body says, okay. So through this process of deiodinization, taking an iodine molecule off this uh, T4, it becomes the active thyroid hormone called T3. So then your body steps on the gas and it gets all of these awesome functions like metabolism and hair growth and it's motility for your bowels, it's weight loss and all, hair and nail, gro nail growth, skin moisture, thermal regulation. All of the things that are contributed by the thyroid hormone come from the active hormone T3. Now here's the catch all with that. T3 is rarely checked. So you could have a normal T4, which typically runs from like 0.4 to 4, and you could also have a, a, a normal T4, 
but you could have a low T3, which is the metabolically active one. So you also want to understand that you also want to check something called reverse T3. So you have TSH, T4, T3 to get a good accurate measurement, but look at t reverse T3 as well, because if you have too much cortisol, back to that hormone we talked about three weeks ago, if you have too much cortisol, the T4, instead of being converted into T3, can shift, which is the gas, can shift over to reverse T3, which is the break. So you can get, you could have a normal TSH, a normal T4, a low T3, and a high reverse T3, and you would be completely exhausted. And so you got to yes, check all these yes. to get a good picture. And it's hard to, well, I think, we think it's personally impossible to effectively treat that, whether with medication or not, by just looking at a partial measure. Uh, there's other markers that deal with the thyroid. There's two more. There's the thyroglobulin antibodies and the thyroperoxidase antibodies. Uh, think about uh, TPO and thyroglobulin antibodies. These are two antibodies that are looked at to determine if you have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, or another word to put that is autoimmune thyroid disease. So talk about those. Well, these markers actually are, um, these antibodies actually attack the thyroid gland. Hmm. So through time, the attack on the thyroid gland will slowly decrease thyroid function. Now, where do those antibodies come from? A lot of times we can relate those thyroid antibodies back to leaky gut or a mm -hmm. dysfunctional gastrointestinal tract, a GI tract, or an intestinal lining that becomes permeable secondary to the standard American diet or those, those poor behaviors that we mm -hmm. partake in, too much soda pop, too much alcohol, just putting too much garbage into this human temple, making it a human garbage disposal. Therefore, it makes the lining of the intestinal tract leaky, and large protein molecules that are supposed to be kept out by this barrier, the tight junctions in the intestinal tract, they become leaky, and now there's gaps in there, enlarging large molecules to sneak in. The immune system around the gut, called the GALT and the MALT, gut-associated lymphatic tissue and mucosa-associated lymphatic tissue, go uh, crazy and say, oh my gosh, invaders are here. So it mounts an immune response and your body creates these antibodies and these antibodies um, start to attack the thyroid gland. So the most important thing to do, not only if you have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, any autoimmune disease is to clean up your nutritional protocol. That's right, it's not a diet, it means change your nutrition to an anti-inflammatory nutritional protocol for life. So there you go. To effectively test the thyroid, you got to check TSH, T4, T3, reverse T3, and both the thyroglobulin and the thyroid peroxidase antibodies. By doing that, you can effectively treat it. But you mentioned something very important, Dr. Michelle, that the main reason we get this autoimmune thyroid disease and even low thyroid functions we talked about earlier with too much fat coming on is going to be the standard American diet. And so as is customary with us, we're going to give you a very quick review of the inflammatory foods. 
So what are these? Of course, it's sugars and artificial sweeteners. Oh my goodness, all our sweet treats, bonbons, ho-hos, cookies, cakes, candies, gotta go. Then also fried foods, anything you stick in that, what is that, tempura, that batter, the, oh. Oh, the stuff that you put in that really hot oil and it comes out sizzling hot, it's gotta go. MSG and other fillers, we've gotta check the label, turn the labels over on our foods and read the labels. Mm -hmm. If you can't pronounce this, don't understand it, can't, um, even find it in a dictionary, perhaps your body can't understand it either. So it's got to go. Processed foods, things in boxes, packages, things that can sit on the shelf and stay there for months and months and months, like a loaf of bread. If it doesn't mold or change its nature, <laughs> think about what it's that's not doing. Food. It, not food. Unfood. Yeah, fruits. Un unfood. Fruits. <laughs> Franken foods. Yes. Put those for. Those sodas, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just the soda pop, the soda can, it's the biggie gulp, the super gulp, the huge gulp, and, and we're over gulping all those sodas. We've got to diminish caffeine, excessive amounts of caffeine and alcohol, those breads and grains, refined breads and grains, yeast, corn, and, and soy. Mm -hmm. These are inflammatory foods, disease-causing to everyone, young and old, all the time. Well, of course, we've got our good foods we're supposed to eat very, very quickly. What are, what are those good foods we're supposed to eat? You get your quality proteins. Those are organic, grass-fed and finished, free-range, wild-caught proteins. Healthy oils and fats. you got to look for your olive oils, your coconut oils, avocados, nuts, and seeds. Low-glycemic fruits, which are your berries, blackberries, blueberries, boysenberries, cherries, strawberries, oranges, apples, semi-ripe bananas, and then all your low-glycemic, non-root, above-ground, non-starchy vegetables. These are anti-inflammatory, non-disease-causing to young and old all the time. So where do you start to get all this going on? We tend to want you to start out with the 40-day reset plan, which is basically giving you 40 days that are scripted out. We give you a detox, the anti-inflammatory food plan, enough omega-3s and vitamin D. The detox uh, kit has 28 individual shake meals in it for to cover you for two weeks. Uh, it's not calorie restricted. None of this is, but it's a scripted out plan that's going to walk you for 40 days down a pathway where you don't have to think about anything. We've already done it for you. So to, to get that plan, it's all there. It is a heavy, heavy hitter as far as it's going to create good synergy. The detox kit is, is a big deal. It's, um, again, two weeks of meals and three other supplements to help the liver um, work better, better packaged together in little individual packets for you. And then we give you the, the foods that you're going to select from for not just the two weeks of detox, but also the remaining four weeks as well, along with all of your D and omegas as stated. So you can get that there at, you can see at Sherwood.tv forward slash 40, Sherwood.tv forward slash 40. And that's a big deal because that's a great place to start. It's completely scripted out again, uh, easy to follow, 40-day plan, and many people, you know, if you have excess fat, you lose weight, of course, but you do feel better, and you do get really some good habits going. It'll help you out. So really important to get started somewhere. Hope and Health is brought to you today by our online course, Hormones. Understand and balance your hormones naturally. Hormones get blamed for various symptoms, and they get too much credit as a fix for ailments. Just go to Sherwood.tv forward slash hormones to learn more and enroll. Here are just a few areas we cover in 17 sessions of this comprehensive and practical course. Symptoms and causes of hormone imbalance. Cortisol, the stress management hormone. Thyroid, 
the metabolism hormone. DHEA, the sex hormone producer. Estrogen, the female sex hormone. Progesterone, the mother hormone. Testosterone, the male sex hormone. And restoring hormone balance. Go to Sherwood.tv forward slash hormones to learn more and enroll. Tonight, I'm going to talk about something called wise counsel. Wise counsel is kind of an important concept because when we make big decisions, we need to have wise counsel. Wise counsel can be in the form of leadership, pastoral leadership, even mentor leadership for friends. Older people sometimes provide wise counsel. You know, they've been around more and they've forgotten more stuff than we know. Well, it's good to have a well-rounded group of people around you that can offer this thing called wise counsel. Wise counsel is important because without the wise counsel, we don't have good guidance in life. Many times we look to leaders, such as government leaders, pastors, or medical personnel, even teachers, to get guidance, to get some wise counsel. Unfortunately, today, we see a lot of people who are in those roles who are not providing wise counsel. They're not even providing godly counsel. As a matter of fact, we've seen God removed from the government, medicine, and education. When you remove God from the government, ungodliness came in. Ungodliness began to run things and drill down into the erosion of our freedoms and liberties in society. When we pulled God out of medicine, illness came in in a massive amount. We began to trust in science more than trusting in God. We began to actually believe that mankind was smarter than God is. When we pulled God out of education and pulled him out of schools, we saw guns, knives, cancel culture, critical race theory, all kinds of violence and evil come in. Shame on us for moving God from government, medicine, and education. Three institutions we need desperately in our world right now. But back to our subject at hand, wise counsel. Wise counsel is critical. The Bible says in Proverbs eleven fourteen, and I quote, Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. I'll say that one more time. I want you to catch this. When there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Friends, we need to understand that we're living in a world with very little guidance from the people we once depended on to guide us. So with no guidance to guide us, we will fall and we will fail. Where do we seek guidance from? We seek it from leaders, leaders that are actually living a godly life. Maybe they're not perfect, but at least they acknowledge God as their source, their creator, their king, their friend. If a person is not doing that in leadership, they're not a leader. They can't be and won't qualify to be a good guide. If you have a doctor who is afraid to acknowledge God as his authority, afraid to pray with you and doesn't, and won't acknowledge that part of of what you're there for, find a new doctor. If you have a leader in government who does not acknowledge God as a supreme authority, even the founder and the author of our constitutional values that we hold so dear here in America, if those leaders you're listening to You're making a mistake because they're ungodly leaders. Elect new leaders 
that stand for those principles. What about schools? If your school is not living up to those things, find a school that will. There's plenty of Christian schools out here. There's plenty of good homeschool networks out here. There's plenty of good things that you can teach your kids if they're not exposed to all the stuff that I just mentioned earlier. Friends, we're in a time where this concept of guidance, leadership, is lacking. We're in a leadership and guidance drought right now. We need to make it a priority once again. Where do leaders start? Leaders start by looking in the mirror and say, I'm going to start with my own life. I'm going to lead my home. I'm going to lead my family. But most importantly, I'm going to begin to lead this thing right here myself. Most people don't even stand up for anything. And friend, I'll tell you something. If you think it's going to go away by doing nothing, you're naive and you're mistaken. Our rights and freedoms and liberties will continue to be eroded away over time unless we stand up, unless we seek good guidance and get good leadership. Friends, leadership is something that's uh, it's got to be earned, it's got to be learned, and it's got to be something that's trained by example. Look for leaders and get behind them. I remember when I was on the SWAT team, somebody always had to decide to go in the door first. Typically, I was number one or number two. And I never shied away from that because it didn't matter. What mattered most is somebody had to go in first. Why not me? Because when you go in first, other people will follow. Other people behind you will follow. They're going the same place you are. Even though they didn't go first, they went second, and I'm okay with that. But somebody has to go first. Somebody has to step up and be that guide and be that leader. Guidance. Think about being a guide. A guide on a darkened path. A guide down a trail and on a journey that you haven't been down before. Are you willing to go on that path first? The Bible talks about wide is the road and that goes to hell, and narrow is the road that goes to heaven. That narrow road has just got room enough for you and God. Perhaps the guidance we need is the God we should be serving. Then we need to understand that once we get on the same path as him, that pathway is only wide enough for us and him. Everybody else has the same pathway to walk. We are supposed to go right down the pathway as God guides. It's been said that where God guides, there he provides. And I believe that. Back to our scripture. Where there's no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. When you find people that are going down that pathway, allowing God to be their guide, to provide guidance, get on that pathway too. There's safety in numbers. As long as God's there, the numbers are in your favor. Thank you for joining us for tonight's perspective. When we come back, we're going to do a study entitled, Wake Up. We're going to talk about a subject that is really, really needed today. And we've entitled this last section, Wake Up. That's right. Wake up. Many people equate that to being physically asleep. Well, I think most people, even though they're awake today, are probably walking in a sleep. They're not awake to what's going on. So wake up. There's a scripture that talks about this. It's found in the book of Revelation. Why don't you read that scripture for us? There's about three verses we want to cover tonight. 
Revelations chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. I know all things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of God. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly, as unexpected as a thief. Wow. Pretty harsh words, though. So these words are in red. You can look it up. Revelation 3, 1 through 3. This is a commentary that's from John, who was on the island of Patmos when he received this revelation from God. And actually, Jesus spoke to him and showed him these things that were to come, that were to happen. And, and this is written to a church specifically in Sardis, S-A-R-D-I-S, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But please understand as we go through this, that this church, you know, Jesus is basically saying, you know what, you guys have a reputation of being alive, but you're really dead. You need to wake up and pay attention because there ain't much of you that remains. See, your actions don't even match up with godliness. You better go back to what you heard believed at first and repent and turn from your ways. Because if you don't wake up, I'm going to come back and find you sleeping, not doing your job. That's a word for us today. The church today looks pretty good, but it's dead. I can tell you right now, and I've traveled around this world, spoken in every continent except one. And I can tell you the hunger for God in other countries, it is massive compared to what it is here. We have such a watered-down version of the gospel here, it means nothing. It is nothing but just child's milk. And we have immaturity that is reeking around here, looking pretty good, looking really nice, but not very alive. I've had people tell me recently that Christians shouldn't be involved in politics. You heard that before? That seems to yeah. resonate as of late. Yeah. Well, guess what? If you don't get involved in politics in the world, the world's going to run over you. The little kingdoms are going to fall. The little kingdoms are being eroded right now. They're being chipped away at. You think your kingdom's okay? Because it's not your kingdom. It's a little K kingdom, but we need to be serving big K kingdom. The church should be the leaders in the world, not the followers. The church should be the example setters, not the trenders. We should be out there up front. We should be some of the healthiest people in the world. Do we see people being uh, different as far as believers with their health? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we need to be completely different with that, not look like soup sandwiches. I'm just put it like that. We need to be the examples. So just a little background on this. The church in Sardis was, was pretty wealthy. It even had two locations. It had satellite churches. It had satellite campuses. I mean, you kind of see where I'm going with this. The older section of the city was on a mountain. And when the population outgrew the mountain, they would go to another section that was built in the valley below. So you could say, well, they had, they had church growth. But what did Jesus say about them? You look pretty good, but you're really dead. Now, today, as we've talked about this, we would agree that the church needs to step up, right? Absolutely. I mean, who who was the Constitution written by? Yeah, written by a bunch of pastors. Imagine that. 
Hmm. They went to do what they did and serve the country and government for a time. Then they would go back. They would do it like, uh, I'm going to go serve my country. I'm going to serve for a time and go do my part and do my duty. That kind of service attitude is what the church should be about. It should be training like that. But today it's not. It's not doing that at all. It's actually dodging it. It's been very passive. And this pacificity has cost us something. We wait and wait and wait, and we'll say, well, we won't get involved. But friends, our not getting involved is just like this church in Sardis was not getting involved. It was becoming this icon that looked good, maybe with um, big buildings, a lot of people, a lot of good church growth, but it wasn't really doing anything. Now, in spite of the church in Sardis' reputation in the community, Sardis, get this, was infested with those people that were completely disobedient to the Word of God. In other words, they were full of absolute sin. And just like many religious institutions in today's society, maybe there's a lot of loud music, a lot of good worship atmosphere, maybe a little microwave service, maybe a lot of uh, motivation. They may entertain and draw a bunch of crowds. Um, where, Where were those people going to get healed that were sick? Not at that environment. They might have been going down to the river to get somebody to baptize them and somebody to lay hands on them and pray for them. Where are those people that are poor supposed to go to? You know, are they meeting the crowd's unquenchable desire for God and his healing power? Um, or just there to entertain people? You see, Sardis uh, works for evil by nature and their clothing was completely soiled. The Spirit has no words of commendation for the church of Sardis in Revelations chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. I think we called, he would call them so-called believers. So you say you're believers, show me what you are. Looking good from the outside, but very corrupt on the inside. It's kind of convicting to us today. Are we uh, talking a good game right now? I mean, to you? Yeah, we're trying to, but do we want to live these things out? We definitely want yeah. to live these things out. Yeah. You know, we want to live awake yeah. in, in servanthood. We have to. Pay attention, people. The world is changing around us so much. It's changing drastically. It's changing at the speed of life. And every day when you wake up, it seems like something else of a tragedy is going on or watch out for this or watch out for that. Again, I think there's two ways to look at it. Number one, you, you got to pay attention to see it. We don't want you to be anxious because the Bible says be anxious for nothing. And it says cast your cares on God because he cares about you. Um, we're supposed to live by faith and not fear. But we can't be naive. I have no tolerance for naivety and act like it's not going to affect you because it's going to affect everybody. We need to step up, speak up, and stand up and do our parts. And that, my friends, is not what the church and Sardis was doing. Because they lost really that first love, the the basic principles in which they stand. You know, many times we spend today thinking about churches that are all worried about their structure and building projects and trying to raise money for the next growth expansion. Again, those things are great, not knocking them at all. But we need to get back to God's kingdom message. That's the main message to speak. And that's the message that we first heard when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. That's it. And we got to get back to the basics of faith, where we obeyed the Lord and really embraced His message like it was something special. You know, when I think about 
the opportunities we have in front of us in this crazy world we live in, then kind of look at it as encouraged. You know, I don't look at, I mean, it's, it's concerning, but we also get a chance to shine, don't we? Well, and we have to remember who's in charge, who knows the beginning from the end. He mm-hmm. does expect us to take action. He expects us to live awake yeah. and not be asleep at the wheel. No, there's a song by, I think, Carrie Underwood. It says, Jesus, take the wheel. Um, we've been trying to drive our own bus too long. Perhaps we need to give up our driver's permit and let God take the wheel and we just go along for the ride. And, you know, remember, God doesn't need our help. We need his help. We sometimes think we're all that, but we're not. Look, my wife and I, we need God. I don't want to be something that looks good on the outside and be rotten and corrupt on the inside. I don't want to be something that God says, man, you need to wake up and pay attention because you think you've got it going on, but you don't. You're basically powerless. I don't want to be powerless in this world. I don't want to be a whitewashed tomb. Well, Jesus did call people a whitewashed tomb that were religious. People ask us a lot, are you religious? You must be religious. No, no, I'm not religious at all. I can't stand religion. Religion is man's best attempt to reach God, and religion is a fatal disease. You can quote me on that one. We need to get away from religion to get back to relationship. The relationship that's talked about here, where Jesus is addressing the church in Sardis directly, is a relationship to understand who God is and how much we need Him, and how much we need Him based upon the need we have for a Savior, that Savior being Jesus, and that Savior uh, coming to earth, living a life here that was sinless, dying and raising from the dead so that we could also have the opportunity to have forgiveness because He died for us, He covers our sin, so then we could in turn live for Him. That's a big deal. A big deal. So let us all just wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Quit being asleep at the wheel, asleep in life, and thinking you don't need to be involved, that it's not concerning you. Wake up, friend. Don't be naive. Moreover, don't be stupid. It's time to pay attention to what's going on and do our part. And shine brightly those stars like the stars you see behind us. Check those things out. Man, those are stars. The stars that are shining at night in all that darkness out there We are supposed to be those stars. We're supposed to be those stars. Are you being a star? Are you being a star? Absolutely. She's being a star. Are you being a star? I am. I'm shining bright for our Lord because He's the one that shines in us so we can light up the room, light up the night, light up the darkness wherever we go. So let's make sure we live awake. We'll look forward to seeing you next week on Hope and Health. Bye for now. The name of this podcast is Hope and Health for a Reason. With simple, consistent changes, you'd be amazed at the results we see in patients every day. There is hope for you. Give your body the healthy food it was created to enjoy, and it will thank you. The same goes for what you feed your mind. Subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to our newsletter at Sherwood.tv to stay positive in a negative world. And remember to enroll on our hormones course at Sherwood.tv forward slash hormones. It includes a free ebook and a $20 discount on hormone-related treatments. If you don't live near our clinic in Tulsa, that's no problem. We treat patients from around the world. Thank you again for listening. Doctors Mark and Michelle Sherwood and their clinic can help you find the hope and health you were created to enjoy. 
go to Sherwood.tv for clear, proven ways you can be healthier. Subscribe at Sherwood.tv.